Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rouge Rugby Podcast. My name is Dan Murphy. I'm back. Derek, I'm back. Uh, I, you know, I wish I had a car as nice as... Did you guys say that I had a Jaguar? Is that... What? No, a Ferrari. Dan, wh- Ferrari. A Ferrari, Dan. Wait, is your like what's is that your go-to dream car? Is that a Ferrari? Is that a Jaguar? Is that well? What here's the thing. With? Here's the thing. Is my my mom had a rich cousin when I was young. Well, I don't know. I think he's still alive. But when I was younger, he had oh, a really nice, real, real close cousin, eh? Yeah, he had Not a really you. nice Jaguar, and he took me and my brothers for a ride in it. And oh. like he went from like like thirty to one hundred and twenty kilometers in like three seconds, and like. It must be something ingrained in my back of my mind that like that Jaguar that is like well, sentimental. Cool Sentimental's Jaguar. Yeah, so I like it. No, I what, did what's not. The dream, what's the dream car then, Dan? Is there is, is oh. it a Jaguar? What's the dream car? Unlimited funds. <sighs> Unlimited funds. Unlimited funds. Cat's Probably next birthday like, present. A, like a Ford Mustang, Shelby Cobra, but like an old one. Oh, like oh, like a classic one though. Yeah. Okay. Really like blue. I think that's like, like uh, white that would, racing stripes. Like that's. I think that that would be my dad's my dad's answer too. Or like a really Good nice car. like souped up Jeep. Like I know that's kind of like a cheap option, but I've always <laughs> wanted a Jeep. I feel like you need that like that Inception gift of like when Tom Hardy tells Joseph Gordon-Levitt he can dream a little bit bigger and pulls out like a fictional <laughs> gun. Um. Yeah, just to be like, yeah, it's like, what's your dream car? Be like the Batmobile. That's what I want. Okay, all right, that's fair. But which Batmobile? We're talking like Michael Keaton's Batmobile, the Tumbler, uh, like the classic Batman the animated series one that had like this huge want front. The Ben Affleck one that murders people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not that one. Not that one. I would go. Ooh. You know what? Like, I feel like the one. I remember seeing like I guess screenshots the new Robert Pattinson Batman one and where it's like a muscle car that one looks cool. Yeah. I think I'd have to go with the the uh, Michael Keaton Batman though. Seems like I don't need to run people over. I just need to drive the car. Yeah, you just blow. I'm up. not actually Batman. But... Yeah, you just blow up chemical buildings. It's great. Chemical I was like factors. Batman and uh, James Bond's Aston Martin DB5. Those would be. That's a good choice. Be... Yeah. Well, you know, I did come here to talk about nerdy stuff, although that tends to happen when it's just you and I. Um, is, is that not tradition on our podcast now? At it this is. Point? You know, I, start, we do lots of nerdy stuff. Nonsense. That's probably why I look at the analytics and so many people dip off after the first minute, though. <laughs> um, we've got some exciting uh, rugby to talk about. Um, you know, the regular MLR regular season's all done. Wrapped up. It's finished. Tied up in a nice, tidy bow. Playoffs this weekend. Semifinals. And we also have the Olympics starting on Sunday. Um, and we have lots to talk about that. So, Derek, let's get started with the Olympics then. Let's let's dive right into it. Um, some really exciting news this week uh, announced by uh, um, Team Canada, the Olympic Committee, and also the Prime Minister, which... The Prime um, Minister is making a lot of rugby content. Yeah, it's it's great. I'm, I'm here for it. Um, Justin's like, announced... I need all the rugby fans to vote for me. People... Yeah, with his upcoming election that he's going to have to deal with. Yeah, exactly. Um, he Securing announced that small rugby vote. <laughs> it is a very small vote, Justin. Don't uh, <laughs> pull your eggs in that that one do basket. It. Do it, World Cup, or do it. Well, Justin Trudeau ha- puts World Cup for his like platform before the states get one. We'll be like, oh, we're, I'm going to get a World Cup first, guys. Then yeah, God. Um, they announced that there will be two flag bearers for the opening ceremonies. Uh, Miranda Am. Um, 
third straight Olympic appearance with the uh, women's basketball program with Canada. And also, of course, uh, Nathan Hiriyama, co-captain of the men's sevens program. I mean, what can you else can you say about Hiriyama? I mean, like the guys and a, a sevens legend, you know, I believe he's third all time in points, third all time in points. Yep. First overall for Canada. You know, he's, he's been to, uh, um, 15s world cups. Um, I think he was there 2011 and also definitely was there 2015. Um, the guy has just been a steady, steady force for Canada for so many years. And the day he retires, Rugby Canada is going to have some huge problems. Same thing if uh, Giseline Landry, once she retires, that's going to be a Giseline Landry's huge. first all time, you know, women's points. Too. Yeah. So there's so, some, uh, some unreal Canadian talent. Um, yeah. For Hiriyama, I mean, the resume speaks for itself. Uh, I just think like this is probably like, is, is this the coolest thing that's ever happened to rugby Canada? At least in the past like twenty years, you get to. I mean, the bronze know, medal was pretty pretty sweet. Bronze medal is pretty sweet. Bronze medal was pretty sweet, but it's like I feel like, like the flag bearers, like a next level like honor though, right? Oh yeah. Like in order to, like you know what I mean? Like you you go to this, like I I don't know. I feel like is the flag bearer not slightly cooler than a gold medal? Do you think? What's no, the, no, you don't think it's because I'm thinking it's like how many athletes are going to get to win a gold medal, but how many athletes actually get to? Carry uh, you know, what? I think it depends. I think it depends if it's a if it's a team event where like you're there to win only one gold. Yeah, it then definitely maybe is. Then maybe it definitely yeah. is. Yeah, more either way, more. either way. I mean, obviously, this is. I mean, go win a gold medal too, Nate. And then, uh, then we can ask you yeah. which one you thought was cooler. Which one do you prefer more, Nate? <laughs> which one do you? Yeah, which one was cooler? Carrying the flag in front of, you know, the rest of the country representing the team in that way. Um, yeah, I thought that was awesome. So I, I did kind of dig into this though because I was curious. So Dan, I'm gonna little fun trivia question for you. Yes. Nathan Hiriyama is the second Canadian rugby player to be a flag bearer at the Olympics. The catch, of course, is that this individual was not actually playing rugby at the Olympics, though. Do you know who it is? No, shoot. I feel she's like... she's very good at rugby and another sport. Is it a bobsledder? It is a bobsledder, yeah. Uh, is it uh, the Humphreys? No, Humphreys. No, 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 come on, man. Come on. You got you have a Canadian rugby podcast, man. You got to get this. No, my, my mind is blanking. It's Heather Moise, man. Heather Moise. Heather Moise. She's in the World Rugby Hall of Fame for being excellent at rugby in Canada. Man, gotta know that then. Put it on my to-do list, try to remember. <laughs> um, yeah, listen, but, I'm I'm really excited about this. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think like this is this is huge. Um to see someone like like um, Devin Haru, who's a uh, CBC reporter, um, and he covers, yeah. he's been covering all the Olympic coverage, um, but he's also huge into curling. Like he's a huge, he covers all of CBC's curling coverage. He goes to Briars and Scotty's, and I see him talking about rugby sevens and Nate Hiriyama. It's just like this kind of this surreal moment Olympics. for me. It's like a meeting of yeah. like two worlds combined. So well, that's um, that's kind of the thing with the Olympics, though, right? Is like the like especially for CBC who 
I mean, whose Olympic coverage is amazing. Like it's legitimately like absolutely unreal when they cover the Olympics the best. Um, if you're not from Canada, VPN and just watch some CBC Olympic coverage is mind blowing. Um, but yeah, but it's like, that's part of what it is though, right? It's like reporters that don't normally cover sports have to cover sports that they don't normally do. Right. And, you know, like you said, it's like that, that, that was one of the things that we were talking about before. It's like, okay, does, you know, playing at the Olympics, does that help raise the profile of rugby in Canada and in the United States as well? And it's like, well, sometimes it comes down to, you know, it's like, is this going to be a sport that for other people, like the way I treat like judo, where it's like, okay, a Canadian's doing judo, he's doing well, then yeah, I'll watch judo and hope that the Canadian wins a medal. And then, you know, in four years, I'll watch judo again. Um, or is it going to be like, you know, can you get people to be like, watch rugby and be super interested in it after? And I think one of those things, though, that I did not, it certainly did not expect to happen. It's like, if you want to raise the profile of rugby, the flag bearer for Canada is a rugby player now. Yeah. Like what, when they walk into the stadium, CBC's like panning on the Canadian national team. And it's like, they got to introduce the flag bearer. They're introducing a rugby player and they're going to on the big CBC opening ceremonies broadcast and all that. They're going to have to talk about Nathan Hiriyama and the rugby sevens team. Right. Um, and then maybe mix in a little chat about the women's team and stuff too. Hope, hopefully something like that might happen. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you have to do that. And I think it's really cool too. Like with that, it's just, again, like the profile, right? Like this is going to be like, I mean, in Canada, it'll be on CBC, but it's like Nathan Hiriyama, I was looking through it. Not every country has announced a flag bearer, mind you, but there, there's three other countries that have rugby players as flag bearers. Kenya um, has one, right? Ken, yeah, Kenya has one, Andrew Amande. And then um, can you guess the other two? It should be pretty easy to guess the other two countries. Fiji and New Zealand? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You redeemed yourself from the, the Heather. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, Woo. exactly. Uh, yeah, so Kenya has Andrew Amande. Um, New Zealand has Sarah Harini. And then um, Fiji has Rusila Nagasau and Jerry Tuawai. So Fiji, Fiji loves the rugby. So they went with two rugby players for their flag bearers, um, which is probably, I mean, I wouldn't expect anything less from Fiji, to be honest. Yeah, They're probably, the, they might be the most, one of the most rugby mad places in the world. And it's delightful. Um, so yeah, the handful, and obviously I was kind of looking at it. Other, there's a handful of other big rugby countries too, that just haven't announced flag bearers. So maybe it ends yeah. up even more by one of the Maybe Great Britain or Ireland. I mean, I, don't, I can't imagine how many Ireland uh, athletes are out there. So I, I, I remember I looked at the list because I was specifically looking for rugby sevens players, mm-hmm. but I don't remember which countries haven't announced it. Um, right. There's there's a whole bunch of sports represented. I think there was like I remember seeing like athletics and like judo. I think were like the ones that I kept seeing the most, which I guess makes sense because athletics is such a broad uh, like a broad scope Term. of word at the Olympics, right? Um, but ultimately like. It's just, and then I'm um, sorry to follow that up. Ose Kalinasau was a flag bearer for Fiji in uh, Rio as well. Right. Um, so opening ceremonies or closing? Uh, opening, I think opening. Um, they probably had the entire team do it for the closing ceremonies. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or the, t- I can't remember. Maybe the team just missed it celebrating. I don't know. Um, uh, but um, yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some Fiji, Fiji at the Olympics in a bit here, but um but yeah, ultimately, like, I think it, it, it's on all honesty. Like, I think it's just 
absolutely like when i saw nate hiriyama is going to be the flag bearer that is the most excited i think i've been about rugby canada news in a long time um just because of like how big of a deal it is um you know you look kind of go through like the like the list of athletes that he's now like associated with by being a flag bearer it's like a pretty yeah. like, outstanding phenomenal list and you know that includes heather moist um and it's um you know it, it it's like I, I like there probably isn't too much of bigger honors that you can get in your in your athletic career of any kind. So um, it'll be cool. We'll see what happens throughout the rest of the Olympics. See if uh, you know if the uh, you know the women's team can uh, can win a gold medal. Maybe they, yeah. they have a women's player do it on the way back, like Landry or something on the yeah. uh, for the closing ceremonies. That would be cool. Um, who knows how it'll turn out though. There's always a, I feel like at the Olympics, like the closing ceremonies, there's always that one like crazy unexpected story. And then there'll be like, you're the flag bearer now Yeah. Um, for a lot of the, the closing Olympics and stuff. So um, it's super cool. Also, obviously congrats, congrats to uh, Miranda aim as well. Um, just again, for the exact same thing for being, being a flag bearer, it's one of the biggest honors you could probably receive as an athlete. And you know what? They, they have high hopes with that women's, team so oh, do they i know i, 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 know I don't follow them. basketball as much though as i like, mean are they they have yeah you think there? about like you think about men's basketball and really there's only like a few teams like i was to say do we not stink at men's basketball is canada not terrible no we're, we didn't we we lost in the qualifier tournament so we yeah, should have won you stink this was basketball. the don't don't get me started this was the this was the best canadian basketball team and we were missing people like we didn't have jamal murray because he was injured and like there's a few other guys that that didn't that didn't go and it was held in Victoria. We had won our first two games, and we just needed to win one more. And we lost, and we got eliminated. Who did we lose to? I don't, don't remember. Don't even remember. That's that's, that's how insignificant that's, the country was. And this was their best shot. This, like, and then the good thing about about Canadian basketball is that like all of our stars are young. You think about R.J. Barrett, Jamal Murray. You know, Andrew Wiggins is still relatively youngish. Yeah, you know, sure. we and we we have more guys that are coming out of the NCAA, you know, system. Yeah, I can't. Can basketball is getting better? I think it's. I mean, the rap. You know, we're starting to see the fruits, and this is why we talk about the impact of the arrows. We are now starting to see the fruits of the labors mm-hmm. of the Blue Jays winning the World Series, and and the relevance of the Raptors and Vince Carter from the early two thousands. We are now seeing more Canadians come out of, you know then MLB and the NBA because of how popular our pro teams were. There's um there's a documentary on Netflix called the Cart- Carter effect. I believe it's called the Carter effect. Yeah. Some something to that effect, I guess is the title. Um, and yeah, it basically, it's like, like an hour long and it talks about exactly that. And it, I think it interviews a bunch of like the Canadian NBA players that are yeah. Just like, yeah, I started playing because I watched Vince and, and watch in 20 years, 19, 20 years, we are going to have a boom of basketball stars yeah. from Canada because of Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors win the championship. Probably, and, and I, Book it. I would agree with that. And then apparently, oh, yeah, no, for sure. And then, like, you even, um, like, you, like, that's what you would hope for for rugby, too, right? Is, like, you know, maybe maybe the, the men's and women's team, you know, they have a strong showing at the Olympics and that helps yeah. drive up the interest. Well, that's what um, some of the girls uh, in that documentary that we mentioned a few episodes ago about the women's program, yeah. they were they said in yeah, the interview that um, they live apps mentioned that it was like, yeah. oh, seeing them win a medal. She's like, OK, I want to go do this now. Yeah. Um, and 
but but I think I think that's kind of the thing, and I think that's that's the whole thing too with like you know like hopefully kids from like Atlanta or L.A. or Utah or um, New York or whatever it's like they hopefully you know watch watch their team win a championship in a couple weeks and are like yeah man I want to be you know I want to be like Mikey Teo or I want to be like Matt Heaton or so on right and uh, you know start picking up ball and stuff and I think yeah for I sure. think I think that's kind of the thing too and it's you know just having the league here and you know the one weird thing too I think like that grows it and stuff and like there's there's going to be so many benefits and stuff fr- from the league and I think like you know, if there's the success there and the platform, like you said, right. It's like, you know, Nate is the flag bearer. Right. So that's immediate, like increased platform. Cause you like at, at some point during this week, it's like, they're talking about rugby sevens, no matter what. So yeah, uh, like they have no choice. We're going to force them to talk yeah, about exactly. it. It's happening. Right. Yeah. So it's like, no, no matter how well Canada does though, the Olympic major CBC Olympic coverage is talking about rugby sevens for at least a couple minutes on one broadcast. Um, but I think, but I think like that's that's the whole point though, right? Is it's like it does raise that platform, and you know, and and like you said too, it's like I think there's a whole other scope of reasons why. Like I would agree with that. Like it takes, like I think even like the NHL, like you even kind of see it, right? Like there's that interview where Austin Matthews says that he wouldn't have played hockey if it wasn't for the Coyotes, right? And yeah, like it it it, it is, and it's like you kind of look at. I think it's one of those things too. Like if you look at team USA from the 1980 Olympics, I think there's like four States represented on that team. Whereas if you look at like the team from the most recent Olympics or the most recent world championships, there's like usually now like 11 to like 14 or something. Yeah. Right. California has got a, we got a great program right now. Players. Um, this come guy like things like Seth Jones is from Texas, I think. Um, right. So it's like you, you start to get those guys. Part of that too, though, is also because players are having kids yeah in these countries and stuff right we already saw that rob shaw had a kid in um california right so it's like i don't know that's the other benefit it's like hey you know what this this goes well too you get hopefully you get that new generation of kids that's you know playing just because they're interested but then who knows like maybe maybe in in years you know in 20 years or whatever you're looking at like the 2044 world cup or however that math works out. Um, and you're, we're going to be like, all right, so here's USA and Canada. And there's a bunch of kids named Foden and Rob Shaw running around on like, or right. We got, we got a Tuchelad or a Montero yeah. on Canada. Yeah. Right. And like, you know what? It, hockey, hockey's an interesting if, example. Honestly, if you don't believe me, look at team USA's roster and pull up the guys like stats. Look at their world junior roster and look at, look at, guys. look at the blue Jays. We've got Blue Jays too, three yeah. of our best players are all sons of, former MLB players. Hockey is an interesting example because, and I, I forget who wrote the article, but they wrote about, about the future of hockey in for the athletic. And they talked about the cost of hockey is yeah. so expensive now. And especially I, not just, I, not it, just hockey, like yeah. high level. I want to get my kids talents enough to get to the NHL and that people are conf- can afford it and have the patience mm-hmm. to, to see their kid develop is going to be former athletes and former NHL players, right? So we're going to see more of those types of guys. Oh, for sure. It makes sense. I feel like we're getting on a huge tangent. Yeah, let's let's let's, so we, let's reel things back to the Olympics. I'm a flag bear. Coolest thing that's ever happened. Yeah. All right, moving on to something else. So let's 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 focus with the Olympics still. So can, um, the men's game have their first game um, at 8.30 on Sunday, July the 26th against Great Britain. Mm-hmm. 
So let's, if we look quickly at Canada's pool, they have Fiji, ooh, Great Britain, <laughs> ooh, and then Japan, which Japan seems to be the most winnable game for them. And it's so you, funny. You remember where Japan finished in 2016? In the in Olympics? the Olympics, 2016 at the Olympics. Uh, I don't know, fifth, sixth, fourth. <laughs> they got they they competed for a bronze medal. So yeah, but their cool. their program since then has gone a certain direction. Yes, yeah, you know? like, uh, not a good one. Yes, yeah. But so here's the well, Japan's big thing was they upset New Zealand. I think at that tournament, twenty six. Yeah. Um. But so if you kind of look at it though, Canada's pool gold medal winner, mm-hmm. silver medal winner, team that yeah. fourth. Yeah. At the last so, Lots and it's funny. It's funny to look at this pool from a rugby sense and go. Hey, like, I'm mad if Canada only wins one game. <laughs> like, I think of this from a 15th perspective, and I'm like, hey, Canada could win a one game. Awesome. That is a World Cup to celebrate. And, you know, that's just the expectations we have for the sevens programs for both the men and the women's. And I think that one thing I've seen people talk about is, is how do we judge Canada going into this tournament? I want to ask you this, this question, Derek, is this – the last tournament that Canada played was the Dubai Invitational Sevens brouhaha, and then they had a little bit of a derby against the Pacific Pride. And then before that was the was the Canada Sevens tournament in 2020. How do we gauge? How do you how do you gauge anybody? That's all exactly right. Like how do you? Everybody's going into it with like there was a tournament. Where was, there was another tournament in like New Zealand or something? I think mm-hmm. that a bunch of countries went to. And the U.S. have hosted a couple things. Host, yeah, have a couple yeah, tournaments. Like, so, no, yeah, just people putting together whatever competitions they can put together to try to get ready, right? Yeah, and if you um, if you look at Canada's sevens team, like especially for the men, it's got some graybeards in a seven sense. Um, ah, that's fine. It's, it's, they got no the third, my, third my, Yeah, and my my point is that I think this is advantageous for this Olympics for them having this rest because, and I say this because I'm, uh, you see it a lot in a lot of these tournaments that they always seem to be missing like one or two guys because of injury, you know? And, and it's nice to see that, um, you know, we've got a lot of, a lot of older guys with experience that are going to be bringing, um, their veteran leadership into the into the, the the tournament. You know, we've got again, we've got Hiriyama, we've got co-captain uh, Harry Jones, we've got guys like Connor Trainer who has been around the block with both the sevens and the fifteens programs for what seems like, gosh, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how do you gauge something like this? You know, you got you got Connor Braid been there forever. Hariyama, Douglas, Jones, Trainer, um, Fulafau, and then you got some of the younger guys in Co, Sauter, Hammond, Thiel, Berna, Mullins, K. Yeah, I think I think you're right in the sense that it's like this is probably the best team that they could put out. Um, you know, um, so I mean going in going in fresh might be a good thing but everybody's going in fresh because that's that's going to be the the equalizer right it's like there hasn't been yeah. a lot of sevens anywhere um it's tough i think 
it'll be interesting because like you said, it's like there's just been a lack of play, right? So I think to kind of look at this, if you were to go with like expectations and stuff, it, it sevens I always think is is kind of a funny, it's like a funny kind of sport, right? Because it's like we've seen like the way like the Olympics is obviously significantly more important than every other tournament. But the format and the structure, it's like it's not that much different, right? It's just you know, you, you have your pool, you play well in your pool, you move on to the knockout stage, and then it's just single game eliminations, right? Yeah. And, you know, when you have a tournament of that format, that is the perfect, that's honestly, it's what makes seven so fun is it's the perfect, like anything can happen sport, right? Just because there's so much randomness involved in a sport that the ball is shaped funny and you have no idea where it's going to bounce all the time. And, you know, and it's just like when you get to that point, especially after the pool stage, when it becomes single elimination games, right? That's mm-hmm. just like anything can happen, right? And I think when you kind of look at it, if you look at the men's team, the men's team has won. You know, the men's team has never won the full World Series. When you look at like the table going all the way across at the end, right? You know, the, the, they've never been the team like at the top of the table after a full year of sevens tours, but they have won tournaments, right? And at the end of the day, this is just one tournament. Right? And if you I, look at their last tournament, they were they were inches, yeah, close. millimeters away from from making the gold medal game. Yeah, exactly. And that like that that Theo, me- Theo Sauter just dislocated his shoulder a little <laughs> bit. He could have gotten that ball over the like line. Jordan Space Jam reach. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but that's kind of the point, though, right? Is it's like. Like, you know what I mean? Like in one tournament, which is ultimately what this is, you just got to be the best team on the weekend in the middle of the week in this case. But like, that's, that's what you have to be. And it's like, can having one tournaments gives me that little bit of like the hope of it's like, okay, you could potentially do this. Um, I think if you're looking at the pool, the, the easy one is you, you, I shouldn't say you should beat Japan. You need to beat Japan beat Japan. Like that's, that's what needs to happen. Um, the way the format works is it's like the top two, um, it's the top two teams from like the top two teams from each group. Plus like the top two third place teams, I believe it is someone like, okay. If I'm wrong, right. To set up the, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The plus top, the top two teams from every, every, um, pool that's six then the top two third place teams from the three pools so if you beat japan provided japan loses to fiji and um, great britain as well if you beat japan you set yourself up to at least be in that third place slot yeah and potentially you keep the other two right. games close yeah exactly and then you do well they could beat great britain and or fiji right i would be delighted beyond belief if they do it I wouldn't be shocked, but I would be extremely happy if they did it. Um, right. But it's like, I think, I think if you kind of look at it, Great Britain always, Great Britain to me is always interesting. At the idea of Great Britain at the Olympics, because it's bringing together countries that normally play against each other. Um, but then with the Olympic rules, but they turned that into a silver medal at the last Olympics. So it works. And of course, I'm never like it's never wise to bet against Dan Norton. He's usually good to burn you for a couple tries a game. Yeah. Um, but and then you have Fiji, the defending gold medalist, the you know, 
if you don't, if you, if you, I, I've always said it's like if you never, if you don't call Fiji the best team in the world, they are definitely the most entertaining, and you'll get the most out of watching them. Yeah, exactly. They'll always be fun. Um, Semiron Drandra just decided, hey, I want to go win a gold medal, so he's playing. Um, so that's that's good. Is he like one of the first like like popular triple code guys? Like played league, played fifteens, played sevens. Well, there's there's that Sunny Build dude. Oh shit! Yeah, I forgot that he yeah. played sevens. Yeah, this, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, but uh, but yeah. So, um, Semiron Drandra obviously coming in, um, which is fine because they have like, you know, they they not only have that, they have like, um, Bolaka, who was the leading scorer the last full season of sevens that they played too. Jerry Tuawai, who's um, he was like, you know, the sevens player of the year, um, a couple of years back too. Like, there's just, you know, they're, they're, they're stacked. They're loaded. Um, Jerry two wise, also their flag bearer just add to his accolades. Um, but like they Fiji's loaded and Fiji should be one of the favorites to win this. So, you know, having, having a pool with great Britain and Fiji is definitely challenging. Um, they should beat Japan. If you beat Japan, maybe hopefully at the very least, if you beat Japan, you can hopefully put yourself in position for the cards to fall right and get in with that third in that third spot. Um, you know, beat Great Britain or Fiji, and you're you're looking all right. So, um, I think I think the uh, the Japan game to me is like the the biggest must win one. Um, and then yeah, like do. You know, if you could steal one from Great Britain or Fiji, then you're probably laughing. Going, yeah, you're 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 sitting pretty. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's not. Um, you know, I think I think they're in, they're in decent position. I think there is going to be that little bit of you haven't necessarily seen everybody playing in a while, right? So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see there too. Um, and then um, so we're going to be able. It'll be interesting. So we're going to be able to talk about that on the next episode. Go through the whole tournament and then uh, the women's tournament kicks off after the conclusion of the men's tournament so they're not running at the same time but um so yes when we get so, a couple more days prep i guess exactly so they start they start their first match against brazil which you know is going to be for them probably a easy easy game um Maybe. at 8 30 on wednesday july 29th and, and i think we've talked about the strength of the program so you know we don't have to get too much into detail they are expected to medal if not win the gold you know they it is them New Zealand, Australia, and the U.S. You yeah. can make a case for any four of those teams to to win a medal. So you know they are going to be a very exciting team to watch. We talked about the the documentary um, that did a really good job, kind of talking about their expectations and their disappointment from the last tournament. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm really excited to see the women play. Um, who's somebody, and I, I want to give, I want you to give me uh, two names. Who are some guys that you, and, and girls that you are excited to watch from Canada at the Olympics for the sevens? Oh man, everybody! It's the Olympics. That's uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for you know, for, like from the men's team. Like I, I would love to see, especially after being the flag bearer, I'd love to see like Hariyama have like some wicked moment that gets mm-hmm. replayed constantly on all the sport channels and stuff here. Um, I think that like. You know, it'd be cool. I mean, as a big Arrows fan, it'd be cool to see guys like Sauter and Co. or like guys that have, you know, played in that Ontario program at some point, um, you know, you know, th- th- make a big difference. Um, there's there's nobody that I wouldn't want to see have a big match. Um, I think everybody I would be like, I'm down for everybody. 
um you know like i think i think it'll be cool i i do agree though like i'm kind of going to like the women's team i'm like that would be super cool if landry got like a really big moment um just because of like the legend that she already is just give her like the one the big olympic moment um you know but again it's like the same like who don't who don't you want to have a big moment at the olympics it's the olympics yeah. so um so i guess like my answer like yeah like williams paquin uh um Moleski, like anybody Farella, like I'm I don't know. I'm I'm just gonna like apps, Alaire, Ben, Busa, Green Shields, pick all of them, Lucan, just all of them. Same with the men, Burna, Braid, Co, Douglas, Hammond, like just go through the, the, all right, the cheater, entire cheater, roster. I want to see have a big game. All right, fine. Uh you know what? I'm I'm excited about um the first person I want to talk about is Connor Trainer. Um he is nearing the the end of his his rugby career, at least with the sevens program. I mean, they tend to go through uh, guys at a quick rate, um, but he is he is kind of one of those guys that's kind of done it all. You know, um, he's played overseas at, in the Pro D two. He has uh, represented Canada with the fifteens program. He has represented Canada in the men's sevens program. Mm-hmm. Uh, played on the circuit has has been to three world cups has scored uh two tries against the all blacks um no big deal no big deal you know that the guy is uh has is, is a legend and we're going to talk about another legend uh later um he's also an oua champion as well so throw that as another little no big deal no big deal stat so i'm excited to see what he does um again I- Anybody no. you're looking forward to from like another team or whatever? Is it just like the same guys, the same guys plus like Rundrendra? <laughs> um, I'm listen. I I don't have their jersey up, but I'm I'm really excited to see what Ireland can do. You know, right. They are really, you know they they were really excited about making the the Olympics. You know what? They're a team that they're not usually a big sevens powerhouse, but no, they're not. But so, so that makes me even more excited to see what they can try to accomplish. Nice. You know, um, they've got you know Harry McNulty was was great with the Guiltinis, and then he comes over and um, did his thing with with Ireland. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Honestly, I'm also really excited to see what the U.S. can accomplish. You know, they yeah, are for sure. Yeah, uh, the men's team especially you know they've got they've gone through a lot of like scary stuff you know with perry baker getting hurt and also carl and isles getting hurt and you know mike friday as a coach is just a you know likable likable guy you know i think we need more coaches like that in the world where they're just good people um be, so uh, there could be big momentum too if they're uh they want to that get that sevens league off the ground and stuff. That's exactly. They, they signed like a, I guess they announced that they signed like a deal with Fox or something about yeah. that. So, I mean, that, that could be a big, if um the USA does actually do well, as much as I did you, I, as much as I do, I, I it's one of those things where like, I want to see the USA do well. Cause I think it helps, but I also want to see Canada do better than them. So like realistically ideal situation, both these tournaments, Canada, gold, USA, silver, we're good yeah and um it's exciting uh there are you know there there are always going to be people that you kind of latch on because of their social media presence um alona mayer uh, from the u.s is hilarious on tiktok (laughs) she's got a great tiktok she's a great tiktok follow so 
she's uh super fun to watch you uh gonna set up the la rouge rugby tiktok yet or no no, no i'm not oh, why not because i that's your you're the one that does the social media that's like your your, your job i should have ne- never mentioned it oh, um anyway so yeah i we are excited you should leave it to the rugby. let us know if you want a la rouge rugby tiktok yeah no i even if they want i will not do it right. sorry i'll folks. make you do it there you go Stu can do it he's already done a couple tiktoks so yeah there you go um so yeah i i'm excited um you know again being the father of a almost three-year-old less excited about the the times of the tournament i was gonna say what, what, what are we doing for this so a couple of games good times like 8 30 couple games yeah, bad yeah. times like 3 30 a.m 3 30 a.m i always feel like because it's like if a game starts around like 12 31 you can do the i'm gonna stay up really late Right. Or if a game starts at like early in the morning, like four in the morning, you can kind of do the all wake up early. But I feel like yes. there's that weird there's that weird hover yeah. three like- three is is a is a no go. I could I can make an argument for a five o'clock, six o'clock game. Yeah. Uh, or I can make it I can make it to like an eleven thirty kickoff. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be half an hour at work. I'll be tired at work. It's yeah. um yeah, the the metal games, I believe, are both at like around five AM. For both the men's and the women's tournament, yeah, I think the women's tournament's five a.m. on Saturday, though. So at least you get to go back to bed after it, yeah, or not because the Lions have a test match. So all all day rugby starting at ten p.m. the night before, I guess. One one yeah. underrated kind of story that I'm I'm excited to kind of watch is is it's really it's a post Olympics storyline, and it's who is going to stick with the program post. Oh. Olympics, find out. We'll, you know. I mean, we'll that, that is going to be really interesting MLR to see. Off season too, so exactly. So that'll be really interesting to see what we'll, happens we'll there. Speculate on all that. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's you know let's get right into uh, MLR then, because uh, the regular season, the 2021 regular season, is officially over. Um, the final week of games kind of uh, you know just happened. Um, my Seattle Sea Wolves ended off on a high. Um, winning 40 to 21 nola won but lost as you said it in the last episode lost i refuse yeah i want Um, i want to count me and you saying new york as a win i want to make that argument yeah i'm fine with that yeah no i think it's a it's a win they're they're in the playoffs yeah they're the team when yeah when you have playoff implications like that the team that's in the playoffs won that game that game was kind of nuts though because it was like like Nola scored super early, and then Dirksen looked like he was about to score to put them up like fourteen nothing oh, in the first three man. minutes, and then dropped the ball. Oh, just like, like man, wouldn't wouldn't that have been something if they just shot out to like a twenty-one, like a fourteen? Like, yeah, they actually got. That I still don't minutes. understand how that what, what what that ball bounced off of or yeah, oh, what, rugby like, ball man, it's shaped it, funny, right? Shaped funny, shaped funny. Um, Old Glory finished their season off on a high, defeating the Guild Growings, which I want to talk about the Guild Growings in a little bit. Yeah. Um, Utah won. You know, they won, but like they they beat the Giltini's A team. <laughs> kind of how like the 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 spring how the Springboks played against the the uh, Lions already, but it was the A team. It's like, yeah, some of the starters were playing, but this isn't. Um, this that was the Springboks. That was that was. Have you seen their lineup today? The 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 pack's a little different. Oh, is it? I actually haven't looked at the. Yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah a couple couple changes. Um, yeah. and then the last game was actually a really entertaining game. The Free Jacks uh 
beat rugby ATL at their new uh, stadium in Quincy. So um, a good weekend of rugby uh, yeah. kind of from, from the start to the three end. Of, uh, three or four playoff teams going in with a little, with a little humbling, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, it was interesting to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get into the playoffs, Derek, how do you think that, how do we feel the season went? Um, an interesting stat that Brian Ray kind of threw out there, and it was about um, attendance numbers for the last week. Utah had 4,500 fans in the stands. Is against, that a sellout for them? I believe that was the sellout. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, or that was a bit against uh, Rugby ATL. So that was um, that against, yeah. But is that is that four thousand? Is that their sellout number? I think or? that is their sellout number because I remember them saying sell it sold it out for their. Okay, if they did it, tw- I don't okay. know if they did it I'm twice or whatever. Utah Utah's games have looked packed. It's been awesome. Yeah. Um, New England, their first game at Quincy had almost three thousand fans. Nice. Is that is that the most for them? Uh, I believe so because they they haven't been allowed to have any more fans, oh, and I think Quincy's a bigger stadium, so they were able to have more fans spread out and then old glory in the season finale had 2,600 fans. So I don't know if that's the right. most they've had, but that's still a high number. So I mean, I mean, near the end of the season, we're, we're getting these larger numbers, right? So it's exciting yeah. to see that. And it kind of, I mean, foreshadows next season. Yeah. I was going to say, man, if you, if you could get people to come out to games this year, like, I think, I think we're going to be all right. Uh, yeah. As a league, man, if you got, if you were, uh, you know, if you were able to come out of a pandemic and I mean, teams having to build, you know, teams having all the attendance restrictions and, and all it varied state by state and stuff. I'm sure Austin looked like they had some pretty good crowds toward yeah. the end of their run too. But I mean, they haven't played a home game in like a month or so, but um, I think NOLA too and NOLA look kind of decent, but again, they haven't played a home game in like six weeks. Two months. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I think that I think that's great. If the attendance the attendance is going up, and it was going up in this year, that's a big positive. Yes. So bringing that up, I, I want to look at kind of the the year as a whole. You know, how do we think that this year went? You know, we didn't have a single yeah canceled I, or postponed or rescheduled game. Dude, I have, I don't, I have no idea how that happened. Like that's just magic. We had the one game in week one where they what did they push the start of the old glory. Yeah. Old Glory's opener back. They push it back a day or something. Maybe. So they still played it. So that's the only game that had to be moved all year. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty good. Especially, I mean, you kind of look at you know, I mean, you look like right up into like even into the Stanley Cup finals, like Montreal couldn't have a coach on the bench because of a COVID and stuff. Like, um, you know, there's um games in, in England, like the uh, rugby league games are being canceled still because of that. Um and I mean, look at like in the in the playoffs for the Heineken Cup. Like, yeah, there were games that were canceled. There's leagues all over the world that are still canceling and rescheduling games, and um, you know, I'm 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 st- I'm happy that Major League Rugby. Like, honestly, it was one of the things that we were talking about. Um, I remember like when we were talking about when the schedule, when the re like after the Jackals. Um, pulled out of the season and then the schedule yeah. released. We had that episode talking as like one of our cons- or at least one of my concerns. I don't remember if you were too concerned about it or if I was the one that brought it up or whatever. Um, but it was like one of our concerns was like, what do you do if you have to reschedule a game? Because there's not a whole lot of room to reschedule games. They didn't even have to do it. So I mean, whatever that plan was, cool, but like it's awesome that they didn't have to yeah. use it. I'm sure there was a plan in case, but um awesome that they didn't have to use. And then, like, I think it's one of those things, too, where it's 
you know, the quality of the league, I think, increased quite a bit this year. Um, the players are getting better. The coaches are getting better. Um, the the quality of imports that are coming in are getting better too. Um, and, you know, it's just the – and I think too, like, the actual product itself, not just the gameplay, not just the actual on, on pitch, but it was like – um, the other initiatives that came in, it's like, you know, some bi- some bigger name sponsors coming on board, um, you know, whether that's on like an individual team level or on like a league wide level. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then obviously like the rugby network is amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't I have I I mean, I don't think I've seen a complaint like even online, the most like fickle place in the world, the Internet or whatever like i don't i don't think i've seen a complaint beyond like oh like the like a video like a game didn't start like necessarily right on time or the stream didn't start or something. well the 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 first week i think that you you're having a little bit of recency bias oh yes there was the first week there was some issues but then they they fixed that though yeah they fixed it because san diego moved from that that venue. <laughs> I don't think that wasn't an issue with like the stream though, right? That was no, just, but they, they was just an issue with like, oh, it kind of looks like they're playing in like somebody's backyard. Or more so it was just this the, the it was the camera work. Uh, yeah. Which would be but part I mean, of like, that that all got better. I think I think too like like I think everybody too like I mean we're talking about the players getting better as the season goes on, the coaches yeah. getting better as the season goes on. Um, the game, and I think Brian Ray, Ray brings up a great point anytime he talks about. It, he's like, "This is it's a startup league. Yeah, you stop trying to compare it to the quality of the Premiership." And I think that's what bothered me so much when, when, when like spaces like that, like Rugby Union Reddit subreddit talks about MLRs. They talk of like that if if we if we just started the Premiership this year or you know four years ago, well, like the MLR did, mm-hmm. it would be in a different situation. I mean, like it's. It is new, and but it's like um, new doesn't always, you know, absolve you of like criticism either. But in this case, I don't necessarily think it's super warranted either. I had like I had no issues watching games on the rugby network, watching games on TSN, um, watching games on anything. I think even like I I know like fans sometimes got on some commentators throughout the year, but I think like overall, like across the board, all the commentaries got way better as the season went on too. Yeah. All that, like everything about it was like dramatically improved. And I guarantee like, it'll be better next year too. Um, Right. Cause like you get more time to, I'm very interested to see what they do with the draft show, compare that to next year and stuff. Cause like, like you said, it's like, it's a startup, but it's like, everybody's getting better at what they're doing. Right. And I think like, I think like that's kind of the thing, right? Like Lucas Rumble after he lost, after um, the loss to England talked about how like, you know, the, the, the game plan is to get better week by week. Right. And I think if you're MLR, the game plan is to get better year by year. Right. And even, you know, even if, even if there is some like hiccups and stuff on the way, and I think across the board, like there's nothing that I don't think there's anything that wasn't like improved. Yeah. Um, I, I, I still, in my opinion, I would like to see league-wide injury reports be a thing. Um, that's something that I, I still think should be done, um, especially if you do want to, because they signed like those gambling partnerships and stuff. And it's like, that's going to be something that if you, if you want to get people 
invested in the sport from like a gambling perspective. Like people are going to want to know that kind of information. Right. Um, So I I think that's something that I would still like to see improved upon a little bit. Um, And, but like overall though, it's like, there's, there's nothing like the whole, the league as a whole, I think is like, it's definitely trending in the right direction. Yeah. And it's you know, like, I, I've got a list, you know, <laughs> they were, able, I think that I was just like, they were able to improve in like the weirdest time too, and actually get a season off. Which yeah, exactly. Is, like is, there's not a lot of leagues in, on its own. There's not a lot of leagues in the, in the world right now that can say that after a pandemic season, they improved their product. Yeah. You know, like that, that is, that I is something to hang your hat on. It got better. And like, yeah, this one, this one did. Um, I hope they do still do like, you know, I hope my, my biggest thing is like, I hope there is events in the off season, starting with the draft, which is cool. Um, but like events in the off season to keep fans engaged, um, I hope is something that continues. And I hope like, you know what I mean? Like use the rugby network throughout the off season too. Right. Yeah. Like keep having do some documentary like, work. Uh, yeah. Do... Keep having guys like Ben Foden and stuff, making, making their, uh, their sh- podcast shows and things like that um like keep making sure like that is kept up throughout the off season um and then like i think just like i think i think overall like the league is getting better and better on a year by year basis and stuff and you know is it perfect at this point in time no but it's definitely i think in my opinion it's getting a lot better as like you know rumble said week to week i think even week to week is probably getting better yeah because i think like you know during this year i think you saw week to week a lot of things get better um but then yeah but it's like year to year as long as it just keeps getting better i think we'll be we'll be in good shape and you know hopefully next year the the pandemic can be fully behind us and uh we can see like the the impact and the positivity of like the um you know attendance numbers yeah. go up. but hopefully we start to see them go up across the board when it's like every part of North America, hopefully by that time is open back up and able to do and able to like host home games and stuff. Right. So. All right. Well, let's look at the teams that didn't make the playoffs. You know, let's, uh-huh. let's, you know, let's take kind of a, a kind of broad view of how are these teams going to be looking to their off season. So I want you to pick two teams and I want you to pick one team that didn't make the playoffs, but, would feel happy about their performance this season. And I want you to pick a team that is looking at this, se- this off season and going, we need to make major changes and we need to do it now. I think, I think you only need to go to one state to answer both of those questions. Um, <laughs> and so the team that can definitely, that didn't make the playoffs, but I feel I like can feel happy about themselves would be the Austin Gilgronies. To an extent, to the Nola Gold, but you told me to pick one, so I'll lean Austin. Unless you wanted to talk about Austin, then I can go to Gold. I don't care. You um, talk about the Gold because Austin was. Uh... I think I think Gold. The Gold obviously had, you know, a handful of like injuries um, that they had to deal with throughout the year. Guys like Elof being out for the entire season. Mm-hmm. They, you know, it was kind of weird as they, like they were kind of they were battling. They were kind of close. They had some games where they looked dominant. They had some games where, you know, they. They didn't look good at all. Yeah, um, a minus three. Yeah, for minus point three. differential. Um, it, it got down to the end of the season, and with the clash with the the window, well, I mean, I guess like with the clash of the international window, they lost a lot of key guys in their pack, and then they had to play LA and Seattle, and it was like, I, and it was like weirdly they beat LA, 
And then I think they lost to, and then they lost to Seattle, which I think is something that they're just going to be kicking themselves for doing. Yeah. Um, right. Cause it's like, you know, you kind of look at it and even realistically, like you look at the fact that they did beat New York or whatever. And it's just kind of like, you guys could be in the playoffs. Like there's like in all reality, it's like you kind of, you lost to Seattle. And I mean, maybe they're, they're I think they're going to be one of those teams too, that you can probably go back through all their losses and be like, Hey, you know, if that went a little bit differently, um, they're there. But I think the other thing, I think the big thing to me though, is it's like, which will make you feel happy and stuff. And it's like, you know, obviously like Nola. And uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll, if you want to talk about Austin, I think we can get into yeah. it too, but the, when before Dallas dropped out, the playoff format was going to be three teams make the playoffs. Right. That's what it was going to be. That's not what it is. Right. So you didn't make the playoffs, but I'm like, if they go back to that next year, you could probably be like, okay, like we finished third last year. We're feeling pretty good. You can probably feel good about ultimately, especially if weirdly, even for Nola, cause it's kind of like you played a quarterfinal anyways, but like, um, but I think, you know, if they end up going back to that, you can maybe kind of look at it as like you could, if you're the coaches of both Nola and Austin, mm-hmm. right? If that, if the format ends up going back to, hey, we're going to do three teams make the playoffs, right? I think, I think that you can use that in like your little, your preseason motivation being like, hey, look, like we were, in, you know, this it, year. Yeah, exactly. If this was the format or whatever, if we were in the playoffs, last been year. In the playoffs and then anything can happen in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, like, I mean, I think, I think Nolo kind of like look back on it. It's like, I think that's one of those things too. It's like, you know, how different does that Seattle game look if it doesn't clash with a test match too, right? And there's a little, sure. there's a little bit of, I think, I think Nolo can have a little bit of like that. What if on their season, um, you know, what if JP Eloff wasn't hurt for the whole year? What if, you know, how many other players do they have get hurt throughout the year too? Right. Yeah. What and if- I think that, uh, I think that that's a great way to also kind of look at, yeah. Austin season, you know, yeah. you look at the, their lock situation, Jeff like Jeff Hassel. Yeah. So, so we got clarification on Twitter um, that it was a broken growth plate Dustin in the wrist. Zara. Yeah. From Dustin Zara, who is, you know, um, Austin rugby support, Austin rugby podcast, you know, you know, has been part of, uh, you know, the, the Austin rugby scene for a while. So Dustin, thank you very much for kind of give us a little bit of insight of what happened with, with, uh, Jeff. So that again, and is in the same page of Eloff, that is a huge loss. Awesome. And, and, it, and it was strange because it was a wrist injury. We always kind of thought maybe he was going to be back and it just never really happened. Um, that is a huge, if you look at their biggest problem is that they, they had a hard time scoring tries. That is a huge That's part a, of, yeah, of what, happened. Um, and then you look at like their injuries with, with their lock position, one of the most important, yeah. you know, positions in, in the league. Um, you know, Isaac Ross, Osper, DeChavez, like all took turns being hurt and off of the starting 23. I think the biggest thing for Austin, though, just flat out, is it's a winning record. Like they, they don't they don't look like the 0-16 elite anymore. It's, yeah, and you know what? They're young. I, like, I was watching Austin, I'm like, this team's good. And it's yeah. like I know they lost they lost the last game of the year to Old Glory, but it was like they were in the thick of the playoff race. And Dan, as you said, the biggest problem was they couldn't score tries, and that's ultimately what caused them to miss out on the playoffs. But, and you know what? They're so solid everywhere else that they can take this draft and this offseason going. Yeah. All right, they have, they have the immediate. They have like yeah, you can fix it. 
Um, hopefully, you know, it means it means they might lose some guys. You know, like you know, there might be some guys like Roger Waters or Cole Davis that might go. You know, my time here might be limited. Let's see where else where else I can go. That would be huge losses. But you know, they, they've got they've got young talent. Team in the league will be like, oh, what happens yeah. if this guy doesn't come back? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, but at the end of the day, we'll we'll see what happens when uh when my, my big my big last point about them is that you look at the team that's on the top of their conference, LA, and LA is not going to look the same next year. Like they're flat out, they're not. You know, they 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 know that, that they had a a window. You know, so they might look better. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, like, who else I could sign? Idea. You know. Um, I, yeah, it's and I, I don't see anybody below them getting marginally better to the point where they're going to challenge at least next year. And if Dallas joins, you give give San Diego a full season like what they had in the back half after they started to get like, yeah, but they also fizzled out in the end too, they though, did. right? They did. They did. So they were also like missing like Augsburger, Rob Shaw for most of the year too. Like, yeah, but like, like they had some injuries too. Most of their key players are old. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think they'll be fine. I think, uh, I think, I mean, we could probably go do like a little off-season episode of what we think every team needs and stuff. For sure, you know. Um, I mean, if you like, who's your who's your team that that you think needs to start I, all over? Do we even do you even entertain another answer to this? I would question? say Old Glory needs to look at what what they're trying to do with their team. I mean, they're losing their their top score. They're losing Robertson. There, but that alone like, is. Replacing a fly half, you need. It's replacing them. a fly half, and I, I just think there's just so much. I mean, they were a minus eighty-one. That yeah. was that's the worst in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, there's a structure problem, or you know, there's there's a lack of commitment to defense. There, there's something there. I think that they need to change things up. Because yeah, it's uh, that's not a good stat to look at. <laughs> um, there's a team that's like almost last in every single category in the league. Like, I know, but like <laughs> that's the obvious answer. I wanted to go for something. No, a little uh, different. Hey man, sometimes sometimes you know two plus two is four. You don't like you know if you don't want to be fancy on a test, you don't go two plus two is like two squared. It's the same answer, sure, but it's like you can just write four sometimes. Um, yeah, I think I don't even know if that math analogy works. That's how bad I am at math. Um, with, with Meyer becoming their director of rugby, with sounds like what, Sam Windsor's leaving. You know, I, I think that this they're going to have a huge offseason. I'm excited to see what yeah, Houston does. Exactly. You know what those sound like, Dan? Those sound like major changes because they stink. That's why. There's like, is there another team? Okay, so like, if who? If you're a Houston fan, who do you want back? That's a long pause. Dan. I gotta look at that. I gotta look at their roster now. You got that's okay. Hold on. No, no, no. I'm gonna stop you from looking at the roster because that's how bad Houston is, Dan. Uh, Nick Boyer. Nick Boyer. You had to think hard about Nick Boyer. Couldn't remember that he was on the team. Nick Boyer. Who else, who else are you keep it? Solvera. Balacana. Sure. Mateus Freer had a good start this season. I don't know what right. uh, what happened with him. Nick Hildebrand, okay. I'll, I'll hey, Liam Murray. Question. I'm going to rephrase this question. Bobby Povey. If you're a Houston fan, who are you sad if they don't come back? Who disappoints Duet. you? What happened to Duet uh, Duet Roos? Was that injury? Was he? Uh, yes, I think he was hurt. That's why they needed okay. Boyer. I would be very sad if Duet Roos didn't come back. He is a 
He's so good. All right. So you're gonna be sad if a guy that didn't. Other than that, play. other than that, yeah, no, yeah, there is. So, so you're think. So you're saying that it's like the guy that's gonna make you the saddest if they don't come back this year. Didn't is the guy that didn't year. play the entire season? Yes. All right. So that, that's what I'm saying. Houston is the answer to this question. Yes. Houston's the answer to the question. Uh, it's they. They need the most. They. Uh, they had the worst record in the league. They. You know what? Like I was even looking at. Uh, like everyone's like, oh, Sam Windsor, he led the league in scoring. His kicking percentage, his accuracy percentage is brutal. He just kicks all the time. That's because they have Listen, no confidence. Have a conversation. But that's the whole thing, though. The, most of the league, right? The line out is the way that most of the teams score tries in the league. Yeah. Right. When you get a penalty awarded, if Windsor is kicking, that means you have the option to just let him kick or you have the option to go to the corner and do a line out. And it's like when I'm watching this team play and seeing how many, how much more penalty attempts Windsor has than like everybody else in the league. To me, it's like you have no confidence in your ability to score tries. Yeah. Which tells me you need to change almost everything because you can't stop tries. You can't score tries. The only way you score is if you get penalties. And that's relying on the other team to make a mistake. You're not going to win very often doing that. So if you're saying major changes, yeah, Hanky, Hanky Mayer coming in. Um, that's a bit, that's a big change. Major changes. You need major changes across the board yeah. on that team. They've been, they've been the worst team in the league. All the entirety of major league rugby's existence. Like they have the cool stadium though. They have the best stadium. The Thank stadium you. rocks. I love it. Okay. They have the coolest so- that's about the only, th- they look really good. If you took a screenshot of a Houston Sabercat game, they're the best. They might be the best looking team in the league. Just, but they would look the, the stadium would look cooler with a scoreboard that leaned towards the Houston side of it right. for once, I think. Um, so what was your favorite moment of the regular season? Ooh, because I'll go with mine, and it's uh, it was the weekend of the military appreciation game, and it was the rugby ATL versus LA game. Ooh, see, I was gonna actually say that that was my favorite game of the year, yeah, it I was such so. a good game, yeah. and like. I, I I don't want to chirp Rooney. Like I, I want to give Rooney credit because they were the ones that beat LA. You know, first. they beat LA first. They did it first. Um, but it just seemed like that was a game where LA was kind of off of their game. You know, it wasn't uh, it was like it wasn't a. It didn't feel like it was a dominating win. Like what rugby ATL put out against LA. You know what I'm saying? But even like the thing I thought was, it was like, cause I loved in that rugby ATL guess was rugby ATL made so, so, so many tackles in that game. Yeah. Like disgustingly, like plus like it was over like 250 or something. It was yeah. disgusting, but it was like, that was the thing that made that game fun was you had one of the best offensive teams in the league, one of the best defensive teams in the league, the defensive, the offensive team had the ball a lot, and it was just like try to score on the best defensive team. And the best defensive team was like, we are going to tackle you until you can no longer get up. And when you can no longer get up, we're going to tackle you again to make sure that you stay down. And uh, they were able to grind out a win in that, and that was uh, that was amazing. Um, th- man, there's there's a lot of really cool moments. I mean, yeah, I think that that game I think was the the best individual game. Um, the game at SoFi Stadium just for was spectacle. really cool. That was really cool. LA is getting a lot of mentions in this. Um, 
like i mean yeah like that's another cool thing i mean just like the first game of a franchise always cool they got the rock out onto the uh la coliseum and stuff and um you know iconic venue um that was cool dth scoring the uh first two tries in the franchise's history yeah um i think like to me too like other big moments i mean um Aaron Castro, if go through his Twitter feed, he's got a list of all the collegiate guys that made their debut this year, um, which is cool. Always cool to see like that many guys getting their first, um, you know, their first, uh, you know, taste of major league rugby, all the Canadian guys too. Frazier Hurst um, coming in. Frazier Hurst's try against the arrows. Like, yeah. Even though it happened against the arrows, that was such a cool moment. Yeah. Like, that, he, that was a really his cool game. One um yeah exactly that was really cool um andrew ferguson's try if you want to go to that it's kind of oh, like a yeah. version of fraser hurst try um but i think like yeah like you have you had all those guys like mike smith kind of coming in cole davis playing his first couple of, um to me mitch richardson getting his first um mlr try was really sammy malcolm getting his malcolm, first try arrow, yeah for sure as the arrows yeah. you gotta definitely go with sam malcolm's first try there um there was a lot. I mean, I think if you want something, it's not necessarily a moment, but just watching Lucas Rumball, like, you know, nobody being able to hold on to the ball near him. I thought was yeah. just how, how much ahead of the rest of the league he was at that one specific skill this year um, is, is mind boggling. Um, man, there's so many great moments. I mean, even like every time Mikey tail touched the ball, I think that that's, that was a good moment. Um you know, I think, uh, th- man, like there's a, uh, I don't think, I don't know. Like, I feel like this is a conversation too, that it's like, we, maybe we got to hold this off for two weeks, man. Cause the playoffs are the best part of the season. That's why I said regular season. Regular there's season. an asterisk. Yeah, you did, you did work correctly. Yeah. Um, there could be some good ones, man. Like, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll get into this in a minute because we got that one other big thing to kind of talk about, but, uh, yeah. there's some storylines going to the playoffs that'll, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, let's do um, the last. Let's do the last big one here. We... Yeah, the last one um, is that um, a Canadian rugby legend has finally hung up his boots. Um, Kieran Hearn, um, after the uh, Old Glory win, announced, and I guess they announced it on the broadcast as well, that he is uh-huh. hanging up his boots at the age of thirty-five years old. Uh, he be- he first started his Test career in two thousand eight and finished at the World Cup in twenty nineteen, um, earning seventy-three Test caps, and that's the most. Uh, by a back that have played for Canada and the third most overall for Canada. Um, 62 test match starts, 11 appearances. Um, he made, made nine appearances in world cups and three world cups, 2011, 15 and 19. Um, he scored eight test tries for Canada. His first was against the U S in Kingston. Um, and then uh, his final test try, uh, he scored two against Brazil in 2019. Um, Primarily played center, you know, played a little bit of fullback. I believe he's played center wing, you know, he's kind of been all over the place. And, and he also was a member of the sevens program as well. Was part of the seventh circuit in the Commonwealth games. Um, spent some time overseas with the London Irish um, for a good spell. And then, uh, you know, we know that he finished his career off with old glory DC. Derek, he's got to be one of the best Canadian backs of the professional era. Like, yeah. When you look, when you look at like putting together a list of guys that would, you know, form a backline for Canada, you know, Reese, DTH, Hassler, Hearn, or like, and Pritchard, like those are my, my names right now that I can think of off the top of my head. That would be 
the guys I would go with. I, I'm, I'm missing the center. I'm missing another center. So, you know. Uh, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, to me, I'm like Hearn. Hearn is one of the absolute best centers that we've, we've seen in the professional era. I think it's, um, you know, he's kind of been a, the cornerstone. And I think the thing that's crazy about Hearn and his career over it is like, he was the best player on the 15s team while, or one of the best players on the 15s team while at the same time being one of the best players on the sevens team. And, you know, I don't, you know, we kind of do often talk about at the end of the day, like whether, whether, like I know we've discussed on this is like, how often do you really want guys doing that? But um, there's few players that really did that and had that balance and had that success that was better than Hearn. Yeah. Um, his, and his ability to kind of go back and forth between 15s and sevens, obviously had success in both too. He won a Pan Am Games gold medal at sevens. Um, right. Like you said, all the World Cup appearances. Um, you know, he, uh, he scored the last try by a Canadian in the, uh, 2021 MLR season. Um, it's fun, random fact, if you want, yeah. um, uh, it, which, I mean, I think, which was really cool because it was like, it was nice to see him get a try in the MLR. So I would have been, you know, he played all five games in the, you know, the shortened 2020 season. Um, and then, yeah, it, it took him to the, uh, the 15th game this this year um but he got he got his try and yeah um yeah man i don't i don't like if you're like i think if you're kind of going with uh with an all-time candid team i think you know Hearn has a claim to one of those those two center jerseys for sure and you know it's uh one of those yeah best best of luck to him and whatever his future may hold and you know maybe you know it'd be, it'd be nice to see him like maybe pull like a little phil mack jamie or jamie cudmore kind of thing and stick around the game a little bit but uh I mean, well, I guess I guess we'll see it happens. It'll, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. It was like it was interesting on the uh, on the broadcast, where it's like I wasn't prepared to be like, oh, this is the last time I'm going to watch Kieran Hearn play until they they mentioned it. Um, you know, which is which is kind of kind of one of those things. I guess it's like why you kind of have to enjoy enjoy these storied great careers while we have them, and then you know, and um, like yeah, um, I think you nailed. I think it. that's what you know. Thinking about DTH. And this season of how well he's played it it's yeah if anything i was after the world cup i was like okay i think i've I, i've seen like dth is done and then he signs with la and like now i'm not prepared for him to retire yeah. i'm going <laughs> yeah. to get hurt oh yeah exactly it's uh yeah man uh yeah he's he's a canadian legend man so um you know but like i said best of luck best of luck to Hearn and whatever yeah. he does um you know going forward in the future it was a absolute pleasure to watch him play um i did go i went through uh some highlight videos and stuff last night and there's there's a couple games that it was just like oh man like he was you know his his ability to just kind of either like he was one of those centers that could kind of run over you if he needed to do it but could also have that step to go around you um there's some uh there's some nasty offloads mixed in there um too i i found one try where he had a like yeah it was against scotland um, and he yes. kind of broke through the line and then he had a crazy offload and Hassler, Hassler finished it. That was sweet. Um, I stumbled across this other video. that was like a Sean Duke highlight reel. It was like a bunch of Sean Duke tries after he retired. I guess somebody made this, made this video of uh, yeah. all these Sean Duke tries. And I was like, ah, whatever. He's like, you know what? I'm going to watch this. This will be fun. And then I was like, I got halfway through the video and I'm like, oh, this is a Kieran Hearn try assist reel. Basically. <laughs> um, it's 
you know, pretty, some, uh, some pretty sweet stuff in that. Um, so I mean, like, yeah, so I think it's, uh, yeah, like as, uh, it was a great career to watch. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, like, I feel like, like, cause I started playing rugby in high school in 2006, to be honest, didn't really start watching it too attentively until like the 2011 world cup. Um, but it's like Kieran Hearn's been like one of those guys that's been there for pretty much the whole time I've been a rugby fan. He's been like, one yeah, of the same. He was a young guy in the, you know, the 2011 yeah, team. It's, it's a big, he's been one of the big name guys, like pretty much the entire time I've been a rugby fan. So yeah, he's been uh, just Mr. Dependable. Yeah, I know. So, so, so it's, it's sad to, to see him call, you know, hang up the boots on what is, you know, a phenomenal career. Well, let's, let's finish off the show by looking at uh, looking ahead to this weekend, in the playoff game. So rugby ATL and Rooney will be facing each other uh, to start the, uh, the, the whole uh, fireworks uh, on Saturday at 8 PM in, um, in Atlanta at life, life's uh, life university. Um, how do we feel these, these styles match up? You know, I think that, um, Rooney wants to run through you over you. And then they want to score the try on top of you. Like they are ruthless. Like they watching that game against Nola. And it's like, I feel like there are times when Rooney has the ball and it's like, there could be an easier play, like, you know, throwing the ball out wide, but there's like, no, I'm going to make them feel this. I think and they go, they, they, they just take, they, they challenge the, the contact and it's just so brutal to watch. I think that's the fun thing about this game though, is because Atlanta's the team where they're like, okay, yeah, like we're going to make you feel this. Yeah. Right. Go through us. Um, and Rooney, Rooney has a winning record against them. Like they, yeah, they, they won they both games. And they were two and oh against them. Yeah. Rooney, Rooney won 27, 17 back on April 10th. And then they won the second meeting 31 to 24. Um, so interest, obviously very interesting matchup looking back on the games though, especially the, um, June 13th match where Rooney won 31 to 24. The biggest difference in that game was turnovers. Um, Atlanta had, I think it was 19 turnovers in that game and rewatch, like kind of, I didn't rewatch the whole game, but I kind of looked back at like the tries that Rooney scored. And, you know, in that game, like Atlanta had most of the possession. Atlanta had a lot of the territory. Um, but every single time Rooney turned that ball over, Atlanta found themselves standing on the goal line watching Holland's attempt a conversion kick. Um, it was, you know, it was one of those games where it was like, yep, they, they turned the ball over. And once they turned the ball over, New York took advantage and scored tries. Um, so I think, I think in a weird way, like I think, Atlanta, I still think Atlanta has one of the best defenses in the league. And they're healthy. And they're healthy. They've got Kurt Coleman. They've got right. Nell. They've got their guys back from international duty. Matt Heaton is healthy. He played last weekend. You know, the only person that they were missing from, from this weekend was was Momsen. Maybe they're giving Momsen a rest. You know, like yeah. they were a full lineup. Yeah. And I think and, I think that'll and, be the thing, though, is like I think what you said too is like I think we're going to be looking at two incredibly physical teams that maybe play slightly differently. Um, but I think, you know, the, the style clash, like it, it, it'll, I think it's the physicality is going to be insane. I think, which is what you're kind of looking for. I think like 
you know what I mean? I feel like I kind of tweeted like that Nola Rooney game felt like a playoff game last week with the intensity. I feel like this is going to be like 10, 15, 20 times that. Um, and I, I like, I'm, I'm looking forward to, it. I think both team, both teams have good set piece. Um, I mean, obviously they have good set piece. They got the playoffs, right? So um, both teams have good set piece. The line out will be interesting. So you got New York, obviously, has, you know, Dylan Fawcett still has, you know, he benefits a lot from those lineup mall tries still. Um, but, you know, Atlanta is also one of the best teams that's shutting that down too. So um, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see if somebody gets, you know, if someone has to get a little creative, maybe to crack through, uh, crack through some defense here. Cause I think both, both teams can play defense very well. Um, both teams have guys, you know, I mean, both teams too have guys like, like, you know, you have Nate Brakely, um, his mom said a red link highs on one side, Brakely Sabeta on the other side too, right guys with immense work rates. You're going to have like what, um, Hanko versus Matt Heaton. Um, there's some fun, fun matchups. Coleman versus Holland said Ellis, you know, like it's, there's, yeah. there's going to be some fun, fun matchups, um in this in this game right and uh you know it, it'll be it'll be very it'll be interesting to see kind of how it plays out the two front rows are great um and everybody so i, I i'm in, expecting a very very physical game between the two teams here um and um like in all honesty i think like if atlanta can limit those turnovers i think they got this because I think that was the big thing that led to New York beating. Was the- yeah, and like I mentioned, um, they're not having guys play out of position, you know. Yeah. You know they're going to have guys playing fullback that, you know, Esquera, who's he is a center, mm-hmm. can play center if if he even makes the lineup. You know, it's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah. Um, okay, obviously, and then- obviously too the Canadian content. Quinn Nawadi yeah. on one side versus Connor Connor Keys and Matt Heaton. Yeah, it's it's. I'm interested. I I wasn't very impressed in um, Nawadi's first game back from international duty, and and I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the structure of of Rooney and how they just kind of they only use their centers as distributors and and they really don't get the ball a whole lot. But I, I just felt like I just saw Nawadi stand around a lot and shift down a line. Like I want to see him Nwadi, with the ball more. Nawadi is one of like the key guys in the operation of their defense, though, too. Yeah, which right. is great. But and and maybe that's what's really when when you think about it, like we know he's got the talent to finish plays or run you over. Maybe for his development, this is the best thing to see him just grow his defensive game and especially you, in, be able to, you gotta be able to play without the ball too you spend most you spend yeah. most of the time without the ball in your hands right so especially if he's gonna be playing for canada right like at the end yeah. of the day like canada's gonna be having to punch above their their weight you know for their next few test matches so we need someone that is going to be staple defense so yeah. all right uh the the other he's probably been he's been one of the funnest players to watch i think yeah especially from a canadian point of view so final final game is the other game uh, on Sunday, LA versus Utah. The um, rematch. The rematch. The you know the back to back. Favorable home and home start time. We can go with all the hockey cliches on this. Um, favorable you know time for us, six p.m. Eastern time. So that's pretty neat. I guess they started the eight p.m. game to you know satisfy some of the Western people, oh, and then good. the it's called good marketing, Dan. Yeah, I guess there isn't it like there's just 
on in sports there's just more viewers in the east coast and the west coast or something like that or is that just my east coast oh, bias I mean, if you have a if you have a big game well, that's why i like the stanley cup final games start at eight o'clock eastern too they push it back so it makes it easier for the whole country to watch it yeah i i'm just saying a three a playoff game at three three p.m local time in la is an interesting move eh, that's fine anyways let's not get into it because we don't have much time left in LA. um Listen, if LA wears those kits that they wore this past weekend, I hope that they win everything. <laughs> Dude, I loved it. Sweet. I uh those were sweet, man. I wish um like I, I like they need to bring back the uh, the pink striped shorts. That should be a permanent fixture on the kit, man. They're like, yeah, I was a fan. They looked good. The Yeah, I, I feel like this match d- doesn't have much to say compared to uh the Eastern Conference uh final because mm-hmm. LA is just so good on defense and Utah is so good on offense middle of the pack on their defense, you know, like I just don't see this. I, I, I feel like this is an LA win all the way. Like, you, you know, I mean, Utah could pull it off really. It, again, it's a one game you're at, you know, winner takes all game and Utah could pull it off, but you, we sh- they show the the LA lineup and it's like bonafide winners, like guys who have done it, and I just don't see Utah being able to pull this off. I I, I honestly you'll have you'll have to convince me because I don't see how they can do it. Um yeah, it's uh like I think I think the the interesting thing is I think last week. Like it's kind of interesting because I feel like I feel like the coaching for the semifinal game began last week. Um, you know what I mean? And I think there's there is that little bit of that like my like I think right now, if you're Utah, like you know, if you're the Utah staff and stuff, you're going in telling the players like, look, we beat these guys last week, our scrum destroyed them. Like this like LA's scrum was 40% in that in that game. It's yeah. terrible. The scrum destroyed them, put them on skis, put them on skis, and then put them on a vertical hill of ice and push them off. So they're not even sliding. They're just falling at that point. Um, but who was in that pack? Exactly. Well, that's the thing, right? And I think I think if you kind of look at that, it's like Utah's squad in that game was pretty much Utah. Right. There wasn't a whole lot of guys missing. Um, almost nobody missing, I don't think. Um, but it's like that squad was Utah. Whereas if you look at LA and you know what I'm saying? It's like LA, especially in the back line. Like, I think if you looked at the LA back line, like what Ryan James, maybe the only guy that's actually keeping that Jersey for this game. Right. Like, and, and maybe him, maybe they start Ryberg instead of him. That's an option too. So, but like you look at it and stuff, it's like, I go through it and I'm like, Goddard didn't play. Gitto didn't play. DTH didn't play. Meeks didn't play. Adam Ashley Cooper didn't play. Glenn Bryce played, but not at fullback. Right. Um, so I think if you are, and also, I mean, if you like you said, the pack too, Dennis didn't play. Ash didn't play. Thomas didn't play. Smith didn't play. Abel didn't play. Abel did play. But did Abel um, play? Abel did play, yeah. Um, but... Uh, Padovin played too because it was like one of his first games back too, so they got him some game time. Yeah. Um, but I think Cottrell didn't play. 
either, right? And I think like that's the thing is like I think if you're Utah, you can go into this being like, hey, like we beat these guys last week, right? Like that's your mental edge, right? You beat them technically. Technically, yeah. You beat them, you'd wipe the floor with their pack. But I think the mental edge from LA is like, <laughs> we almost beat these guys. Yeah, we almost beat with, these guys with guys that have yeah. never played professional rugby it's in our like, lineup. Right. It's like, yeah, like you're gonna be like, did you like LA? You're going like, did you see what Adam Channel did to Hagen Schulte on the wing? Or whatever. Yeah. It's like he's that's DTH next week. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's like if you're LA, that's what you're saying to hype yourself up, right? Um, and, and you know what I mean too. And it's like, I think it's the other thing too, is I think like the, the story of this game after for some reason, I feel like on social media was like, oh hey, like because Tao scored that late try, and everyone's like, Oh, hey, woohoo, like another amazing comeback from from Utah. And it's like, you don't get the call to come back when you blew a 12 point lead at halftime. Yeah. No, like you blew that lead and then needed that try. Right. It's Listen, like- the rugby network loves their memes and they're really trying to hype this up as a, as a, you know, crazy, like, you know, underdog win. And it's, it really wasn't in that game. LA the sh- Guillotinis were the underdogs in that game. Yeah. It was just Utah. Like, Utah should have won that game. Really? Realistically. Um, and they- uh, I will say that like, if this is like the guillotines that we might see next year, they're still going to be good shape. Like that's a pretty yeah. damn good team the way that they played. Oh no. I think, yeah. Like I think, I think at the end, the thing I, I also thought was kind of interesting. And I think, I think Pete Steinberg pointed it out on the broadcast was, it was like Utah was doing a really good job of like disrupting the line out and stealing balls for Jensen Wilson. They were doing really good at that mm-hmm. until you kind of watch LA's lineouts and be like, they're not really doing anything. They're just, no, they're just kind of throwing it in, hoping that yeah, we're just gonna throw a guy up, right? And it's like, it's not the pack, and it's like I don't know if that was like, is it my um my girlfriend was watching like an old movie from the '60s, and there was this scene in which a guy was playing cards with this girl that he like the mother and like grandmother of like this girl that he was like trying to like date or whatever, right? And they showed like and like the they're like i guess chatting at this table while they're playing cards and at one point the camera pans to the 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 man's cards and it shows that it was like it was like a like a straight flush or something it's like he has the winning hand and he was kind of like looking at the cards that like the mother and the grandmother played and he decided to like and which was like you know pairs and stuff right so it's like they, they were clearly pointing out that he had like the winning hand in 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 his like the winning cards were in his hand and he just like folded them and like made some like comment about them being like too good at this game for him and i feel like that's almost like what la did where they were just like yeah it's like we have the cards that will win giving them a little bit of false confidence we have the cards oh my hand is so bad grandma yeah all right i see it now the thing is though with that and the movie doesn't continue with that scene so i don't know but it's like you know in playing cards, like you might not get that same hand again, or even yeah. if you do, the other people might get a better hand. So I don't think I don't think this game is a foregone conclusion that LA wins, especially because they're playing Utah, which is the one team in the league that is perfectly fine with the race you to fifty mindset of like like yeah, if you guys just, you guys want to go out and score tries, we can score tries. Like we can just we we what is defense we don't need to we don't even need to hit in this yeah. game let's just race and score tries um i feel like like utah's the one team that might be able to hang with them if they try to do that 
Um, I think LA set piece LA has a really good lineout. LA has one of the best lineouts in the league. And they didn't really show anything with it last week, which has me very intrigued. Um, so maybe that's a little bit of them being like, we know we gotta play you guys in another week, so we're not gonna we're not gonna show you anything. We're gonna rest a bunch of guys, we're not gonna show you tactics, things like that, right? Um, so it is interesting. It is just interesting. Um one thing, though, that I will like, no matter what, LA, you've seen what Utah has done all year. I know I just made the joke about this not really being a comeback last week, but LA, take this from a Leaf fan and somebody that has watched Utah all year. The game is not over until the game is over. Um, so, like, you've seen them come back constantly throughout the year. Um, no, no lead, no lead is too big on Utah. So, I think that'll be a key thing. Um, but yeah, like, I feel like I got, I feel like I got to lean, lean LA on this. Just be like, like you said, Dennis, just because it was like, that was a really good Utah squad. And that wasn't a very good LA squad. And that game was much tighter than it probably should have been. So we'll see. I don't think, I don't think that means Utah can't, can't beat them though. I think this will be a fun game. Um, but I also thought, like, if all those – we'll see the lineups. It's tough making the calls with the lineups and stuff. But it'll, I don't know, man. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be interesting, especially – the biggest thing for Utah, I think, is, like, if, if Utah can get that scrum dominance again, um, even if even if it's not quite that much, because, like you kind of said, it wasn't necessarily the best. But there were some good players in the pack still. And they, like you said, like, Abel still played, uh, right? So it was, like – I think it was this like there's a couple of guys that could kind of that would start in that right. Um, so I mean, if they can kind of if they can figure that out, if they can still get that, that I think might give them the chance to do it. But it, it was interesting. I think it's interesting to see that the league's best line out kind of kept it beyond simple last week. And um, so I mean, I wonder if they got a couple tricks up their sleeves for that um, for Utah though. So it's, it's, what's the ultimate, what's the ultimate predictions? We still got to do predictions. I didn't ask Stu for his predictions for this week. Whatever. I'll text them. We'll add it in. Um, I'm going with rugby ATL and LA. I think that all season we've kind of thought it'd be these two teams that I'm not deferring from that now. Rugby, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think, That'll be don't worry about the standings anymore. That you yeah. can you can yeah, agree with me if you want. No, I was gonna say it doesn't this I was gonna say like the regular season doesn't matter anymore either, right? It's one game, winner take all, move on. Um I think I, I would agree with you. I would say LA and rugby ATL have been the two best teams all year. Um, I think that would be a fascinating final that probably the best defense in the league versus the best offense in the league. Um, you know, so um I think I think I think I'm going to agree with you on this. I think I'm going to go with rugby. I think I'm going. To, yeah, I'll go with rugby. The two number one seeds, the two home teams. I think I'll go rugby ATL versus LA will be the final. Um, which probably means if you're betting on this, take Rooney in Utah. <laughs> All right, Derek. Well, that that's going to be it for us tonight. Um, next week we're going to have a interesting episode because when we're recording is going to be the women's first game so we've got a couple fun things planned for that um but if you want to listen to more of our episodes please go to la rouge rugby on spotify 
on Apple Podcasts we're, and every other platform that podcasts are available. We are on YouTube. And if there's something that, you know, we're, we're near the end of the season. That's, that's, we've got two weeks left of MLR. The Olympics are going to be gone in a flash, you know? We needed the, we needed the Olympics to be the week after MLR. Yeah. So, content creation purposes. If you want something to be talked about in the offseason, let us know because, you know, we're gearing up for a, a long offseason before the the uh, World Cup qualifiers. So email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're all over the place. Um, and you know what? Uh why next week next time we record there's gonna be some uh, a whole lot of talk about I'm excited 